just three days away from a huge election. Hopefully it is going to be the turnaround of our generation. And boy, oh boy, do we need it now more than ever. With the jobs report tepid yesterday, unemployment up and Democrats uh, flailing and absolutely pulling out all the stops across the Fruited Plains. We'll be talking with many of your favorites from Newstalk STL this morning. And Leah has put together a great lineup. I'm Randy Tobler. Thank you for being here. Great to be with you. Patrice Onwuka from Independent Women's Forum is going to join us in just a few minutes at 625. Uh, we talked with her yesterday and uh, was able to really get her her thoughts on this election coming up. And, and really, I talked with her about some longer term philosophical issues, too, about how we get this country's economy, our culture straight, uh, straightened out. What in the world is it going to take to, to to straighten us up? And I think it's, of course, Tuesday is monumental. It is pivotal. It is huge. And then uh, Tim Jones, the great Tim Jones, joins us at 7.06. And the equally great Chris Arps joins us right after that, of course, from the Jones and Arp show. Every day here on News Talk STL, Virginia Cruda with her regular hit with us at 745. Now, we're going to be asking all of our guests to make their prognostications and, you know, put their uh, put their predictions where their mouth is or their money where their mouth is or whatever. Uh, Leah, are you taking uh, the odds? Are you the bookie this morning? Are you making sure you're keeping this so then we can play this next week? Uh, you know, when we told them to the fire. Sure. Are you doing that? Yep. OK, because. You know, we have to know whether it's going to be 51, 52, 53. And if that's going to be Republicans or Democrats, who knows? Maybe it'll maybe it'll flame out. Is it going to be a is it going to be a huge dumpster fire on Tuesday for the Republicans instead of a tsunami? I don't know. Uh, maybe we've been overly exuberant. Gabe Pfeiffer joins us at 806 and Rick Mehta at 825, a pharmacist, an attorney, a farmer FDA official. And we'll talk with him about some health care matters, because while it has not been prominent in the polling, health care is on the minds of voters. And I think when it relates to the whole inflation and economy issue, that is almost now part and parcel of the economy argument is healthcare. You talk about inflation. Uh, the last quarter, the CPI numbers that came out Healthcare inflation had gone up after plateauing for several quarters. In fact, a few years, uh, it had gone up dramatically. And I think you're going to continue to see that happening. And then Vic Porcelli joins us. Yo, Vic, at 845 to round out the program. 
And of course, we'll have the phone lines open for you. If you'd like to call during any of these segments when we're on with some of your favorite air personalities, uh, let me know. Of course, Mike Ferguson weighed in with us last week. We, we'll give him a break this week. But he he was uh, he was predicting, as many are, that, you know, while we shouldn't count our chickens before they've hatched, we need to, uh, you know, we need to be pretty optimistic about things because, in fact, the messaging is so, so starkly different between the Democrats who are going on some unbelievable uh, platforms. The messaging is uh, like nothing I've ever heard. Joe Biden the other night doubling down on his blood red, I am uh, Hitler at the Gates uh, speech, which we saw a, a month ago. Talk about Hitler. Uh, they are calling GOPers Nazis and autocrats and um, you know fascists. I have not seen anything uh, except that kind of rule from the executive order pen of Joe Biden with forgiving student debt, making speeches like he did with the blood red background, the Marines standing staunchly in the back. Uh, It is unbelievable. The numbers are 314-912-1019. And um, if you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you. 314-912-1019. Give Leah a call and we'll uh, we'll get you on the air. Let's let's start out, Leah, right away and play something that was just startling from Jim Clyburn the other day. Uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, cut number. Where is where's Jim Clyburn? Uh, we had it here. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. The Sonny Hostin number five. Let's play Sonny Hostin. This is just one example of the name calling, the condescension the loathing that the left has increasingly shown as they have become increasingly desperate, just increasingly unbelievably desperate um, as the election uh, continues to turn south for Democrat prospects, even in center left, uh, previously very safe seats, seats that went Biden plus two, plus seven, plus eight, plus 10. And, uh, you know, on the left coast, on the right coast, I mean, it's 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 all over the place. Here is Sonny Hostin on The View the other day. And if you're a if you're a white, independent or GOP suburban woman, or if you happen to be married or living with one, listen to this and tell me if it doesn't get you awoken <laughs> on a Saturday morning. I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I think like that's insulting. They're that's voting, no, it's insulting they're voting to the against, voter. They're we, we, voting no, against no, no. their own self-interest. Do they want to live in Gilead? Okay, do they so do we live in the hands of Do we love tail? democracy or not? Now, uh, you know, comparing swing voters, really the same voters that voted for Trump in 16, at least according to all the analysis I've seen and we've reported on uh, the voters that at the same time, then, you know, like four years later, turned against Trump and voted against him. It was the white suburban women's vote largely that uh, behaviorally couldn't deal with Trump, despite the economic successes and voted for Biden. And now they're probably going to go back the other way, at least according to the pre-election polling. And now to compare them with roaches. And if you vote for a Democrat, you're a roach, like a roach voting for raid. Wow. Uh, you know, and the and the the messaging, the metaphor of death and it continues on. And we've got some more examples of that. And I think when you don't have policy positions to run on, that's when you start the name calling. 
and it is rampant across the blue uh, swath of these uh, these politicians. And I think they're desperate at this point. You know, you have to be desperate when you're rolling out Hillary Clinton, who continues to riff on pre-election 24 denial. And um, uh, we keep hearing these threads about uh, Joe Biden said it the other day. Uh, democracy is on the is on the ballot. If you don't vote for Democrats, he didn't say it, but you can contemplate your vote. And unless you vote the right way, that would be for us through democratic elections. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? What a sweet irony. Uh, it'll kill democracy. It's crazy. We have a caller, Leah. Ulrich. Old Rick, let's talk to old Rick from Marthasville. How you doing, old Rick? Good to hear from you. Well, it's been a busy week in that, but mainly to try to uh, keep us from becoming a bunch of dopes, getting folks to vote no on the dope. So uh, I don't know how it is uh, <laughs> up your way, but, uh, yeah, it, it's looking pretty good down around these parts. Uh, the vast majority are against it. There was one place that I was at in a city where I was driving through, and I noticed three signs saying vote yes for the dope. And then I looked up, and I saw why. The big sign said dispensary. In other words, the dope dealers is what it was. (laughs) Oh, I thought when you, Rick, I thought when you said vote for the dope, maybe it was like Mark Levin who says, yeah, what about the dope? Don't vote for that Democratic dope. But I'm not name calling. I'm just saying you're talking about Amendment three, right? You're talking about Amendment three. Well, yeah, there's been enough dopes uh, voted for, but by the minority. And then they still managed to print out enough other ballots to get themselves in uh, Mm -hmm. against the wishes of the people. Uh, And then then you've been uh, you've been campaigning for uh, haven't you been campaigning for Ben Brown as well or or, uh, is my memory off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, somewhat in that, but that's mm-hmm. that's not a complicated deal there, too, because uh, most folks already know better than to vote for somebody with a D after their name, you know? That's pretty <laughs> much common sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you thinking, Rick? We've been now, Rick, we've been asking everyone for their uh, there's been a lot of a lot of veterans who have entered the fray, Uh, of course, not only here in Missouri, but, uh, you know, in every state, all across the nation at at all levels, Congress, Senate. Um, And, um, you know, I really think that that is holding a lot of sway. I really think especially after the pullout from Afghanistan, the disgrace that Joe Biden put us through. I think that's making a bit of a big difference in some of these uh, swing races, don't you? Well, you got to know, remember, whatever, that uh, the veterans, they took an oath to defend our nation against all enemies, foreign and Democrat. Quite simple <laughs> on that. <laughs> foreign and Democrat, or was it foreign and domestic? I think I know what you mean. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> close, close enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, people got to gotta realize that, and... Uh, but you'll find some if you look hard enough and that that'll be like uh what have you been smoking and that's that's what I I ran across this these two that uh, were going to vote early in that and I seen my sign that said vote no and they said, Oh, we're voting yes and I just asked them what have they been smoking? To say yeah. the least. Yeah. Did they yeah. yeah, did they run you off your off their property? <laughs> oh, this was up there at the court, not the courthouse, but the county, the other county building. And, oh, okay. Uh, Public yeah. place. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right, right. Because yeah. I was just well, going well, in there talking to some of them. I was just carrying my sign, so uh, they they know. Yeah. Now, it, uh, now, Rick, is your is your problem with the dope, the, the marijuana itself, or with the constitutional amendment process in legalizing it? Because after all, what about the whole notion of freedom and libertarianism, and you can do what you want with your body? And did. And I found out something which you probably already know, that being your uh, business, that coke, and that, that cocaine and that meth, they're what they call a Schedule Two, and uh, the dope uh, marijuana that is a Schedule One, according to the information I got. So Schedule One means worse yet. Yeah. It's all it's the, all bad. And 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 despite yeah, what they yeah. say, it really is a gateway drug. Now, of course, not yeah. for everyone, but uh, for enough people. And I think it also creates a more long term neurologic change, especially in young people that use it. And, and irrespective and, of whether yeah. it's going to be legal for young people, if it's in the parents home, the young people are going to get it. They're going to find it. They're going to have a way to get it just like they do with alcohol. So, yeah, I, yeah. well, I'm glad you're hearing that Amendment 3 may go down, but We'll have to see. I mean, I just don't think we need a 39-page amendment to our Constitution. That's not the way to do it. It should be done through the legislative process. Well, them dopers or whatever were saying, well, yeah, it might not pass around these parts because I told them they were a rare find. But they said, well, them in the city, they'll be dumb enough to vote for it. I had the word dumb enough, of course. But, yeah, yeah, in the big cities, uh, (laughs) supposedly in that. But maybe the folks... And the bigger cities can make a liar out of them, too. Dear Lord. Well, we'll we'll have to see which way it goes. I mean, I I am fundamentally not uh, opposed to people doing what they want to do. But I think it needs to be in the context of a welfare system that for those who decide to become apathetic, complacent and really not uh, do hard work uh, regularly. And that happens to a lot of people that uh, smoke uh, in a a moderate to heavy use uh, pattern. Um, I don't want to bail them out. I just don't want to enable it. Hey, Rick, we got to move along because we're going to talk with Patrice and Wuka, but it's great to talk to you and thank you for being active in expressing and encouraging others to express their political view that is the american way thank you for and your service it, and thank you for your activism yeah and to keep it out of the constitution <coughs> yep yep i agree hey thanks have a beer great weekend rick beer ain't in the constitution all right. all right take care my friend there he is old rick i tell you i'm glad that rick calls once in a while gets us going on a saturday morning we're glad you're here along with leah i'm randy we're the randy tobler show on 101.9941 news talk stl on a saturday morning this is the big weekend before the big day on tuesday patrice Adwuka from independent women's forum back after this The economy grew 2.6% last quarter. And although it may not feel that way, people's incomes went up the last quarter more than inflation. Economic growth is up. Price inflation is down. Real incomes are up. And gas prices are down. Well, ahead of the midterms, Joe Biden's been saying that uh, things are looking rosy. But yet the uh, 
unemployment numbers, the interest rates, uh, the numbers I see may be at odds with that. Let's see what the director of Center for Economic Opportunity, our friend Patrice Anwuka, has to say from Independent Women's Forum. Hard to hear those lies day after day, isn't it, Patrice? It is very hard. It is maddening sometimes (laughs) when I listen to the president. I mean, he's taking credit for his failed policies damaging the economy, and uh, and he thinks that's a good thing. Uh, so, yes, today's jobs report, um, you know, is it is tepid at best, but it's a very big sign that the economy is cooling down, and in, in particular in industries that are directly affected by interest rate hikes. Yeah, and uh, the housing market is not only cooling down, it's, I mean, it's frozen in, in many areas, and, and I think yes. the next thing to topple will be prices, you know, and how many people might be caught upside down in, in a few short months if they have to move, for instance. It's going to be ugly. Um, what, now, the unemployment rate increased two-tenths of a point. Boy, every time that it inched down by a tenth over the last you know six to eight months, um, boy, oh boy, Biden was out there before the report was completed taking credit for it. Yeah. I've heard crickets chirping from both he and KJP today on that, on that count, the headline number. Well, absolutely. So 3.7% uh, back up again. Uh, certainly 261,000 jobs were added. That may be revised down because last month was revised down as well. Um, but what we're seeing in particular areas, we had more people dropping out of the labor market. Uh, the labor force participation rate, it, it fell again. Uh, you had wage increases that still are not keeping up with inflation. So when the president says real inflation, real wages are rising, I'm not sure what he's looking at because the the Bureau of Labor Statistics has real wages actually falling 3.8% from this time last year. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there, there are definitely uh, things that are going wrong in the labor market, and it's, it's starting to crack. You know, and what's I, I continue to struggle with the fact that you would think that the money from the COVID, you know, the, the several put outputs from government, you know, CARES yep. 1, CARES 2, that's got to be running out for people, right? I, I'm reading that more people are living on credit cards. Uh, we're hearing about people going into the winter already behind or having missed a utility bill because they're just going up astronomically. And yet the labor participation rate remains low. It, it dropped by, what, a tenth of a percent again. What's going on there? Well, I, I believe it's the older workers, um, particularly those who may be dealing with health issues, um, who have left the labor market in a formal way. They may still be re- engaging in um, in work through independent contracting, maybe as, in, as freelancers. But they're. But I think a lot of this is are those older workers who are not necessarily. Um, you know, they're saying, you know, I'm ready to retire. Uh, then you also have some interesting other areas. You've got some. Um, some of the middle-aged folks, well, the, the 20 to 24-year-olds, they uh, have still not recovered their labor force participation from um, from the pandemic as well. I mean, I think those two areas, and, and I can understand retirees, but I worry about those 20 to 24-year-olds. Unless they're in college, they should be working. So why aren't they working? Maybe it has something to do with still generous uh, uh, generous benefits at the federal and the state level uh, for, for for people who may be able-bodied and have no children but are just not working. 
I, uh, I and I found it interesting that the number of unemployed Americans increased by three hundred six thousand to six million and change workers. Yeah. And I thought, my goodness, almost every person I talked to who is a politician and businessman, many of them are businessmen or women, you know, it's a constant un unerable. Uh, I can count on it. I can't get workers. I can't get workers. Yeah. And yet we have six million people out there in America that are unemployed. I mean, why can't we connect these people? <laughs> well, some of them, may, I, it's, it's a really tough question because, you know, some of it is a skills gap, um, a, a skills gap. So there are jobs that are available, but they're they skilled and maybe they require certification. Maybe they require a level of um, training and you've got workers who are not trained, particularly that 20 to 24 year old age uh-huh. group. They don't have the skills, they don't have the experience, and they don't have the training. And maybe they're not living in areas where there are abundant available positions. You know, that's that's going to be a mobility and a skills gap uh, issue that we have to address. Uh, but for older Americans, and even for those young folks, I'm going to pivot right back to freelancing, independent contracting. It's really important that we continue to have those um, those those non-traditional jobs that are available to people who may be sick or may be dealing with childcare issues or may be dealing with other issues that don't allow them to work a traditional nine-to-five job. And unfortunately, we have a president and an administration that is on a, 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 a war path to stamp out independent contracting mm-hmm. and freelancing in America right now. I'm glad you brought that up because we spent quite a bit of time the last time we talked with your colleague Gabriella Hoffman about that because yeah. you know it's very important to her that's how she earns a living and very a very productive individual who says hey under the proposed rules that could go away you could have to you could suddenly become a w2 person you know and uh, that that changes i mean i think that just changes uh, economic freedom for people this economy mm-hmm. is turning into a gig economy and and the Biden administration just refuses i think it's why is that the behest of the unions to recognize that it's a gig economy? Bingo, bingo. Independent contractors or um, or ten workers who who make their earnings through ten ninety nines, they are not unionizable. They can't be turned into union employees. And as we know, unions, particularly in the private sector, have been suffering for decades. A paltry percentage of, of American workers today are unionized. Why? Probably because they feel like the value is just not there, that they can get a better deal negotiating for themselves rather than through a union boss. Oh, and by the way, a lot of these unions, 90% of the, the contributions that are made through due, for dues um, go towards Democrat candidates. So if you're a Republican and working in a union shop, it's unfortunate, but you might have to support with your dues <laughs> candidates and policies that you absolutely disagree with. So it's not surprising that, yeah, the, the, the unions want to get access to those, those uh, freelancers, those writers, those Uber drivers, those gig economy workers. And this is their, their, if they can't get legislation passed through Congress, which they cannot, then they're going to do it through the regu- through the regulatory regime, and that's why the Department of Labor, um, the FTC, uh, FTC is considering some action. We're going to continue to see this assault on independent contracting for years to come. And there are things on the Independent Women's Forum website, iwf.org, folks, that you can read about that. Um, and now, Patrice, if that's if that comes to fruition, because Biden still is president and controls those departments, okay. Is that something that especially if there are still there's probably single digit um, 
un, uh, you know, uncommitted voters out there, independent voters. Yes. So is that something, if, if there is a one or two or three issues that may turn the screw for them one way or another, is that something that, it, you know, if they were more likely to vote, if they were to vote for a GOP or have, has that party committed in their platform or are those candidates generally committed to undoing those regulations through through legislation? Well, I think generally um, the GOP platform is, is friendly to independent contracting and to working uh, and to small businesses. And really, when you think about it, these are small business owners. These are entrepreneurs. These are individuals who are just trying to carve out their own shingle um, and hang their own shingle and carve out their own livelihood. And so, yeah, I think the, the, the conservatives are much more open to the idea of protecting freelancing. There are a couple of bills that have been introduced in Congress from Republicans that would that would create a very simple um, uh, way of of, in, of protecting the independent status uh, through various federal legislate uh, law, law, labor laws on the books already. Um, and you know what? Even if this uh, the the regulatory the the rules pass through um, to the, the Department of Labor, for example, you know a, a House and a Senate. Um, they have the Congressional Review Act. Uh-huh. They can actually go back through um, and look at different regulations that have been passed by the Biden administration and see if and, and review those. And there may be an opportunity for, to see those overturned. You will also see legal challenges uh, to this, to, this regu- <laughs> to these um, this, re- this this regulation. So there there are different tools in the arsenal. <laughs> That's the good thing. But you know, it, it, even even with a friendly Congress. We still have a president, and we still, unless we, unless you get, you know, sixty votes uh, that are certain, you know, the president could overturn uh, or could veto any legislation that that Congress passes, and that's where it's concerning. So, you know, at, at an independent women's forum, we've got information about um, this issue. We have a chasing work project where we talk to people who have lost their livelihoods in California when similar restrictions were implemented, and at our sister organization independent women's voice we have a commenting campaign where you can plug in your name and your email and send a comment to the dol saying hey free the freelancers don't do this to them and so there are ways for for folks to be able to really make their voice heard and and to really fight for it for what's such an important issue we're talking with patrice on the director of the center for economic opportunity at independent women's forum and you wrote a a piece just yesterday uh about the interest rates hikes from wednesday uh the the market when those were announced the market went up temporarily but then when powell was very hawkish on the economy then they went down so it's very interesting um as you wrote about, it's it's they're painful, but what can Americans take home from it to say, well, okay, a little pain, but there'll be some gain? Well, the big lesson is the reason why we are here. And the reason why we're here, it's not because Putin invaded Ukraine. The reason why we're here with these high interest rates and high inflation is is not even entirely because of the pandemic. And it's not because of um, the corporation, greedy corporations pulling down profit, high profit margins. It is because the, the, uh, the, the party in power that's governing, Democrats in Washington passed $2 trillion in federal spending in 2021 
during a time when the economy was reopening, the money was not needed. And unfortunately, it became a disincentive to work, made it hard for employ, uh, employers to hire workers, driving up wages for those that, that are available, but also making it difficult to, to meet the demand and the supply. Too much demand, not enough supply, wages have, uh, sorry, excuse me, inflation has gone through the roof and it's not coming down. And so the, really the, the biggest tool that's left is the Federal Reserve raising these interest rates to kind of cool off the economy, cool off spending. And it's going to take some time, but it is it is going to be painful. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm only 40, so I don't remember when interest rates, uh, sorry, inflation was as high as it was today. But I, from what I understand, interest rates were in the 15, 16 percent um, when my parents first bought their house after we moved to America. So, you know, I don't want to hit I don't want to want to see us go to 15 percent uh, interest rates. But, you know, it, it's this is kind of like the medicine for eating way too much Halloween candy. Yeah, we have to remember the people that gave out too much candy or shall I say yes. the, the parents that allowed the kids <laughs> to eat too much candy were the Democrats. And uh, well, I think the Republicans were a little bit complicit in that too because as you point out in your article um, there were a lot of people that kept getting those checks during the pandemic but they just started working from home particularly people that you know worked computer work they could do it remotely and Zoom became something that wasn't intimidating to anyone overnight and you know that was the problem putting all this money into the economy then people have all that spent up money literally burning a hole in their pocket and uh, and there you go well if it makes you feel any better Patrice I'm just Mm -hmm. uh, Brian will tell you I'm only about four years older than you you said you're 40 and brian's over here his eyes are rolling i think i'm gonna have to go restore them to the front of his head Uh, but my wife and i at one time paid 12 and change percent on a home mortgage can you believe that i mean and so you know i mean while this is painful it it could be worse and i just hope that with this jobs report and some of the softening in the in the jobs you know market hopefully hopefully the fed will back down and we'll have a soft landing i don't know do you think a gop sweep or not a sweep but at least a a tsunami a, a big red wave would um would uh, inject some positive psychology into Americans when it comes to the economy and and weathering this storm or not? Yeah, I, I do, because when you look at polling, um, you know, Americans trust Republicans on the economy more than they trust Democrats. And I, I think I just think that they've seen what Democrats policies have done from energy to the economy. And they recognize that that's not what they want. And, and that's not what's going to fix things right now. So, you know, if it's a is it a red wave? Is it a red tsunami? Is it a ripple, red ripple? I don't know, but I'm I'm fairly I, I would like to believe and I think that Americans are waking up that to to realize that radical, liberal, far left, progressive, socialist ideas will bankrupt our nation um, and will leave us worse off, not better off. Patrice, if you if you got one more second, I just want to ask your opinion of something that I that I saw today. And, okay. it, and it troubled me. Um, I, I saw that a, a writer said that um, they reported that what you need to do is stop giving so much money to candidates blindly. And I forget who wrote that. But they said, basically, uh, you're not getting enough return on your investment. So be careful. It basically was acknowledging that campaign donations from big donors, corporate donors, um, mm-hmm. really rule our economy because there's an expectation. You give, you get. I, I, and that's that's not a partisan problem. That's a policy problem. Yeah. Is that because we're too centralized in D.C.? And if we just 
defanged and took the power away from D.C., that might get better. But, I mean, that was a very troubling thing I read. And um, I just what your thoughts are about that. Well, I, I do think special interests hold quite a lot of power, and, and I do think that uh, it, it, even in uh, a free enterprise system like ours, you have rent-seeking rent seeking that goes on where companies, you know, find a way to, to, to curry the favor of whoever is elected, you know, to, to change regulations uh, and, and change policy in their favor. That's, that's actually not free market. Um, that's not, that doesn't support a free enterprise system. That's not fair competition. Uh, and so there, there is an element of that when it comes to who's giving. But, you know, speech, political speech, and, and that includes your donations, is protected. It's a First Amendment right. And um, citizens of the United certainly cemented that idea. So I, I, I hesitate to say that, you know, that, that no corporation should be able to give or that every corporate gift um Every do- corporate donation uh, is is nefarious in some way. You know, I just think we have to make sure that uh, as citizens, our voices are being represented and are being heard as well. So, yeah, you I know, think I, I guess yeah. The point is, it's more of a of a plea for libertarianism and less government in our mm-hmm. lives. Because if the government doesn't, if those, I think of the Texas legislature where they re- they meet for a few months every other year. Okay, I like that idea. It's like I love <laughs> gridlock. I love when the government is gridlocked. I don't want to see them getting in our face you know because every time they think they're going to fix it it gets messed up and especially when they're going to fix it at the behest of some big donor then it's even worse mm-hmm. and it gets bad anyway that's just a little political you know philosophy and i know that you're <laughs> you're a deep thinker that way so that's what we love about you hey thanks for this i know you're going to be excited as we all are looking to the midterms and uh, hope to touch Absolutely. base with you afterwards in terms of in view of the results whatever they are uh-huh. we'd like to get together with you i'm sure you'll be writing on okay. it what's desirable what it's achievable. Those may be two different things. We'll have to talk. Mm. All right. Hey, thanks. <laughs> have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, there she is, Patrice Lee Anwuka at IWF at Patrice Pinkfile on Twitter. We will uh, come back and take your calls, and I would like to know your predictions. We're going to be asking everyone from Tim to Chris to Virginia Cruda to Gabe Pfeiffer, Rick Mehta, and uh, Vic Purcelli. We're going to be asking their opinion, their predictions. What do the tea leaves tell them for the upcoming elections here in just a few days? What are your thoughts? 314-912-1019 here on 1019-941 News Talk STL. I'm Randy Tobler. Thanks for being with me on this pre-election Saturday edition of The Tobler Show. gospel sounding music there this morning leah is trying to preach the gospel here we've got we need some we need some gop good old-fashioned traditional american values domestic energy production tight borders law and order prosecuting criminals doing away with cash free bail uh, and we've got to get our country turned around, and it starts on Tuesday, but that's just the beginning. It's going to take several cycles of success to turn this ship around and avoid the big uh, political t- uh, Titanic-level iceberg, which could sink this country if we continue down the woke progressive pathway. 
Uh, I, for one, intend to uh, talk with all of our great celebrities here you hear on the station, starting with Tim Jones at 7.05. We'll be talking with him then. Chris Arps at 7.25. Virginia Crudo, 7.45. Gabe Pfeiffer at 8.06. Rick Mehta at 8.25 to talk about some health care issues. Uh, he's uh, he's a, one of our experts uh, up in D.C. on on matters about health care, uh, pharmaceuticals and the cost of them uh, and other issues. And Vic Porcelli. At the very end, maybe we'll have some nice uh, pasta talk. Uh, I, I, I tell you, every time I talk with Vic, I get hungry because he knows all about the pasta. All right, and it's always great when I uh, when I visit with our with our great people you hear on the air. Well, the other day, I, you know, if the problem that the Democrats are having is they have nothing to run on from a policy perspective, they can't talk about the economy positively. They certainly can't talk about borders. Fentanyl crisis being worse than the opioid crisis back in the 90s. Not even close. This far eclipses that. And law and order, well, we all know about that. You have to look over your shoulder when you walk into a restaurant, plan a, a scout uh, uh, or a retail store. You, you have to plan an escape route. It's just awful. Uh, and, and so when you're in trouble policy-wise, you have to go to name-calling. And you have to go to fear-mongering. And Jim Clyburn... One of the leaders of the Democrat Party uh, and the guy who really propelled Biden during the South Carolina uh, primaries back in uh, in 2020 uh, said something the other day that was just frightening. Uh, uh, he talked about Nazis and then Michael Beschloss, Michael Beschloss, and we'll play that in a bit, who is a self-proclaimed presidential historian, said this the other day. If you don't vote the right way on Tuesday, listen carefully. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. He said in the wake of President Biden's doubling down on calling MAGA Republicans essentially anti-democratic, anti-American uh, voters, this man said that if you don't vote Democrat, because what other alternative there is, he couldn't be talking about a libertarian wave on Tuesday. This so-called presidential historian disgraced himself by saying <laughs> that your children could be arrested. Did your did your parents, did they shudder? Did they change their vote? Are they going to now vote Democrat up and down the ticket, Leah, so that you're not arrested and killed if they don't vote the right oh, way? Oh, definitely not. No. Yeah. Well, I got to thinking, and this is a little bit of advice for you who may be wearing the donkey T-shirt. You may be. There are people from the left that uh, that listen. And by the way, I haven't said this for a while, but if you if you wear a donkey T-shirt, if you voted for Hillary Clinton in 16 and if you voted for Joe Biden in 20, you're welcome to come over to the right side. That's OK. We welcome you. And if you're listening, you always come to the top of the queue on the phone calls. But given that there's a Broadway play in the town tonight playing at the Fox and given that my wife and I are going to take it in, we love the Fox Theater, used to play there, played in the pit band there in the 80s and the 90s. And given that the Democrats, because I like, I'm a fair-minded guy. I like to give advice to people and I want to see them successful. And yes, 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 I'd even like to see Democrat, Democrats, if you want to be successful, 
and and you want to get away from the fear mongering, here's a little bit of advice to inspire you. This is what I think you ought to consider. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let it go, Democrats. You're only digging the hole deeper. When you bring Hillary Clinton out as your closer, holy cow. When you're bringing Oprah out to to back John Fetterman, you know that guy who said uh, I am for fracking. I am no, I I like fracking. I I am for fracking. I mean, they're desperate. They're desperate. And I think instead of name calling, they ought to talk about something different. Like, you know what? We're going to build more jails. We're going to prosecute people, whether it's a violent crime or not. We're going to use the Giuliani broken windows uh, method of crime stopping and law and order. And uh, they actually that would make me frightened as a person who would like to see a return to the conservative constitutional law and order first principles governance model. And I'm really glad that so many of our local, state, and regional uh, and national candidates are on that track now. And it's really great to see a coalescence on the right. Um, Now, the other big news uh, in terms of the big political messaging in the late in the week was uh, being reported by sources who claim to have insight. I think it was Axios was reporting that uh, in mid-November, thank God he's waiting until after the midterms. Thank you, thank you, thank you, orange man. Donald Trump is allegedly going to announce his re-election bid, or well, his uh, second term bid. It wouldn't be re-election. I guess it would be his comeback um, in uh, in mid-November. I've heard dates all the way from the 18th till the end of the month. So that whether or not, uh, you know, that pans out or not for Donald Trump and, you know, taking back the Oval Office, that's a whole nother debate we'll be talking about. But there's no doubt that it starts the big conservative comeback should start on Tuesday. And I'm curious what you think is going to happen. I really project that we're probably going to have a substantial uh, win in the House uh, based on what you're reading in the polling. You're seeing people even in districts where Biden was um, up by two, seven, nine, twelve, as many as 12 points. One pollster said, I forget the district. I think it was up in New York, a surprise uh, up there in some New York congressional district. It was either nine or 12 points that Biden was up. And the, the 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 GOP candidate is actually faring very, very well. We see this with a lot of the uh, Latina uh, candidates down along the border because people have had it, whether they're uh, Hispanic or not. I mean, that's the problem. That's another problem the Democrats have. They are so out of touch, so out of touch with the voters, so out of touch with the electorate, including the Hispanic electorate. That is really a very fundamentally pro-family, pro-traditional values, pro-religion. I mean, those people are, you know, the the folks that I know south of the border and from the Caribbean and from the, you know, uh, Central America, folks that I know are very, very religious people. And uh, the anti-religious pro-abortion left is just losing them. It's lo- They're losing their hearts. And, um, you know, that's good. Come on over. Anyone who would like to call, again, if you, are, uh, if you are of the left persuasion, maybe you are pro-Amendment 3. I happen not to be. We'd like to hear from you. And as we talk with Tim Jones in the next segment, Chris Arps after that, um, later on we'll talk with Gabe Pfeiffer and Vic, Vic Porcelli. Uh, give us a call and uh, let's join. Uh, 
join in the discussion as to your predictions. Where do you think this election is going to end up? Will it be a substantial, maybe a 52, 53, 54 um, seat majority for the Senate and how big in the House? We'll be uh, mixing that up all morning as we continue here on the Randy Tobler Show. The numbers are 314-912-1019, 314-912-1019. It's an exciting time, but we don't want to call our chickens out before they've hatched. Don't want to count them yet. And we don't want to get complacent. So let's make sure that we get out there, vote, bring other people who are of like-minded voting with you. Uh, I'm Randy Tober. There's Leah. We'll be back with Tim Jones right after Top of the News. All I know is- 